I was a guest speaker. I was invited to be the guest speaker at a very prominent, well-known, seeker-friendly church. Very popular, very well-known. And, and, I, and I went, and um, celebrity pastor, you, you guys, if I'm not going to mention any names of the church, because I'm just, I just not going to do that. But very well-known, very prominent, and um, I was invited to be the guest speaker. And so I showed up. It was, uh, it was a Sunday morning, full service. And um, I, uh, the pastor is walking me to the green room and noticed that I was just wearing underwear and nothing else. <laughs> and he was taken back and he said, what, what's up? What, what are you doing? And I said, listen, I said, I really need to uh, send a message to the church. This is part of an object lesson, lesson for the church. And I said, really, I need you to buy in. I really need your help with this. And he said, oh yeah, sure, I'm in. But then immediately passed me off to one of his underlings. And so one of the underlings took me to the green room. So I went to the green room and I laid down my Bible and my notes. And he said, come, come on, uh, Pastor, we'll go. I'll show you around the church. So he's showing me around this church. It's just unbelievable, palatial uh, church. And then takes me to a cafeteria. Well, first he takes me, I forgot this part. First he takes me to the media room to get me mic'd up. He takes me to the media room. I get mic'd up, and the media room was bigger than our sanctuary. And there were people all over it, and they're on computers, and they're doing just the workers, and it's just like a, a, a bee's nest of activity and things going on. And um, so I get mic'd up, and he gave me a mic that was just one of the worst that you can have. It had the power pack, and it was just, it was. I just remember it being very cumbersome and, and all that. So anyway, I got the mic and. Yeah, I guess I strapped it to my underwear <laughs> and uh, had it on the headset. And but then he says, "Come on, Pastor, let's go." And he takes me to this cafeteria, huge cafeteria, loaded with people. And I'm, you know, obviously getting strange looks and stuff. But then, what's weird because I, I saw one of my friends from this area who was a pastor, and he says, "Hey, man, how are you doing? What's going on?" I said, "I'm, I'm speaking, man." He's and, and the thing that struck me was, he said, "Yeah, I've been listening to this." pastor's series of messages and man just but this was a pastor who had shared the vision and the thoughts that I had as it relates to you know we can't let the culture get into the church and you know we need to be about preaching and teaching the whole counsel of God and and then immediately I thought well why why would you change and then I started then the thought hit me all at once it's hit me square in the chest man I'm the only one that feels this way and and Lord should I feel this way I, I, was, I was just panic came over me. And then it was getting close for the time for me to get in the pulpit. And, and, I, and I, I didn't have my notes in my Bible and I started to panic. And the Lord, I, I said to the, the young man who was accompanying me, I said, hey, please run back to the green room. I left my Bible and my notes there. Would you please run back? And he's running back and, and we don't have time and I'm getting ready to get into the pulpit and I'm just, there's sheer, I mean, I literally felt, I, this was so vivid, I felt panic in my chest. Like, what am I going to do? And the Lord spoke to me. You go to Peter. Chapter 2, verse 9, start there. And a peace came over me. And that's what I did. I got into that pulpit and that was where the dream ended and so when I got up I'm thinking that can't be just that food that I did not eat it happened to be after probably a a Monday night prayer 
And so, I'm thinking that the Lord is teaching me and you something. So we're going to begin in that scripture that the Lord gave me. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. Help me, Lord. Lord, help me. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, man, it just it, it hit me like a ton of bricks when the Lord ministered this to me and I, and I knew why I was my underwear in church to get those looks to get the to get the the the, the slant of the cross in a church and, and 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 the message is you're a peculiar people you're supposed to be strange you're not supposed to look the same you're supposed to be different Amen. hallelujah i've called you out of that into something else you should look totally different people should look back at you and say whoa what is that hallelujah But this is not anything new. Let me remind you in Exodus 19. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Hallelujah. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Obviously, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. He said, you go down and you tell my people this. You see what he's saying. You're my special treasure. You're a special treasure to me. You're special. You're called out. You're mine. And look at what else. He says, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. You will be a kingdom of priests. A holy nation. See, I'm calling you out. You're my people. There's something different about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see... Now, there's always going to be some people to say, well, you know, there's that Jews and the, you know, that's different, the people of Israel and God's elect and God's very elect and they're going to make that disposition and all that. I said, Lord, I need to make sure that the people, because there's even some commentaries that you read in First Peter when Peter talks about, when he addresses that letter, in the beginning of that letter, he says, to those who are sojourning, the sojourns and the pilgrims in these lands. And now uh, commentators will say, well, he's speaking to the Jews that uh, have been dispersed. So this is really a letter just addressing the Jews. No, it is not. It's addressing God's people. And let me just give you one scripture so that you can know why you believe what I've just told you. Amen? Amen. In Ephesians 2, 11 through 13, here's what it says. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles or non-Jews, non-Israelis in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth. Know what that means? You weren't citizens of Israel. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now. Hello. But now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So that word belongs to you and to me. You are a chosen people. You are peculiar people. You are a kingdom of priests. Hallelujah. Royal priests. A holy nation. You are His specific, called out, sure enough, 
chosen people. Hallelujah. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You are His chosen. He calls everybody. He calls many, but few are chosen. You are among the chosen. Hallelujah. So now let's go back to the foundational Scripture before I bust a gut. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Who once not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have mercy. Verse 11, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So now, if I'm going to make the case, which I believe I did, that this wasn't just for the sojourners and pilgrims who are of the dispersion. These, this goes for all of us, His people. We are sojourners and pilgrims in this land. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Amen. We are strangers. Why? Just man, and there's none stranger than some of. I mean, I mean, we are strangers. This is not our home. But let's break this down just a little bit. A chosen generation. When he says that you know you're a chosen generation, you know he's not speaking to a specific uh, area of of of, of a a people who were born during a certain time. You know, this generation. Like, I love the way uh, the, the veterans of uh, World War II are, are, are so uh, venerated and, you know, that that, that generation of, of men and women were just a special group. And, they, and I really do believe that they were. I mean, they... Unbelievable what they had. They saved the world, basically. Uh, so you say they, that those people that fought, that, that were of that, that age group. So, but now this specifically, I don't believe that it's talking that uh, people born during a certain time period. This doesn't speak to that. Know what this speaks to? This speaks to bloodline, genealogy. So it's, we're his generations. All of us, whether we're old like Pastor Tony or whether we're young like Dominic, it doesn't matter. We're all his blood. We're all of his genealogy. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you have royal blood flowing through your veins. So you're of his line. Amen? All right. We'll come back to, to royal priesthood, but let's jump ahead now to a holy nation. A holy nation. So I'm reading this and, and studied it out just a little bit. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking now this as a group. You know, we're a holy nation. As a group of people, we're set apart from all of the other people groups, whether they be grouped by nationality or whatever, but we're, we're set apart as a group. His nation, His people, we're set apart as a group. And we have like common laws and, and common traditions and there's some commonality between us. The main thing being the common purpose that God has called us to. See, this holy nation, this people group that God calls His own, we're working in unity according to the purpose and plan that He called His people group to. Amen? Amen. He's building a church. We're all members in particular, right? We're part of His body. We're making up His body. We're all individual members, but we are one, one nation. Again, we have, we have common beliefs. We have you know, common things that, that, that guide us, that, that guide our lives, that, that flow through us and in us. And, but more importantly, it's all about the purpose and plan. It's all about Him. It's about His will. As a group of people, we're looking. We have that common purpose, that common goal that He's called His people to. Amen? Hallelujah. So, what do we know? You're a chosen generation. You're the chosen bloodline. Jesus Christ has, has, has 
grafted you in to that bloodline. You are part of that. You are His kid, period. Right now, if you've accepted Christ, you're part of that bloodline, that, that specific chosen generation. You're a holy nation. Together we are united in, the, in common cause and for a common purpose with common um, likes, dislikes, with common things that we... You know, that doesn't mean... We're, I want to I push on this just a little bit. That doesn't mean that everybody is a carbon copy of the next one. That doesn't mean that. But it, here, here's... here's and, and man, I'm, I, thank you, Holy Spirit. I think I'm supposed to be here for a minute. Because there are so many different denominations. There are so many different people that call the name of Jesus, but they believe or, or do different things. Okay? That's not what God intended. In fact, uh, in Corinthians, uh, Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, says very plainly how God is against that. God didn't create that. There should be no sectarianism in the Christian faith. There should be no divisions among us. Amen. So, so what happens is someone decides they want to do it this way, they want to do it that way. I'm just going to tell you that you're right now worshiping under a pastor or with a pastor who believes this is the way. Amen. This is the way. Well, then you know we have a problem with interpretation. If you have a problem with interpretation, then you have a listen. The Bible says that there is specifically there is no room for anyone's personal or private interpretation. The Bible says what it says, and it says it to everybody for all time, period, end of conversation. It is the truth. And so I've got to go ahead and... and, and now, see, Tony, but you, you, you just, I've gone to churches, they say the same thing, but they preach a little different, or they teach this thing, or... They, see, different churches emphasize different things. I understand that. I can't speak to that. I can't. And I'm, not, and I'm certainly not going to personally criticize any person or persons. That's between them and God. I can only speak for what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart and for the direction that He's taken Michelle and I as it relates to leadership of the church. I will not ever stop preaching and teaching the whole counsel of God. Including the things that make people uncomfortable like holiness, like purity, like walking in truth, like, listen... Like coming out from among them. Not looking like them, but looking like you are part of a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. A holy nation. His own special people. Hallelujah. That's what this word just said. I will not stop talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I will not stop talking about the charisma gifts, speaking in tongues, prophecy. I will not stop doing about that. Just like I will not stop saying, if you do not have love, joy, peace, if you don't have the fruit of your Spirit operating in your life, don't come around me speaking in tongues. Don't come around me telling me you got a word from the Lord. Because if you don't have love, you don't have that word from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love. Love. Man, but, but why are these... But one nation... One, 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 one. Man, if we could get tight, if we can get like one like they were and get in one mind and one accord, even in this small group, if we can get in one mind and one accord, if we can get about God's business... If we can get a hold of the Spirit, my brothers and sisters, He will do for us now what He did for them then. How do you know that, Tony? Because He is not a man. Hey, listen, He is no respecter of person. He's not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should repent. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. Period. You see that? Those who believe. 
I believe. Do I have any other believers in this room right now? Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, among all of us believers, if we can get in one mind and one accord, hey, having faith, touching and agreeing, there is no thing that is impossible for God to do. We will see the supernatural. The suddenlies of heaven will appear here on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? We've got a lot. I'm just going to... Hallelujah. So, holy nation, now his own special people. We hear some, oh, you're so special. <laughs> you're so special. Spe- you're saying something, they're special. You're so special. Yeah, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. You know, when I, yeah, you, we used to make fun of the kids that had to ride the special bus. I was a cruel kid, what can I tell you? We used to make fun the special, they were special. They were spe- you know, and now we tell everyone, oh, you're so special, you're special. I'm going to tell you honestly, in God, in God you are. You are. You are His special people. You're special. But listen, here's the thing. Let me ask y'all something. How in the world can I preach and teach that to young people that have been in and out of this church all of these years? You're special. You're different. But then they see us adults. Nothing different. Nothing special. We look like everybody else. We act like everybody else. We talk like everybody else. We do everything like everybody else. But in the meantime, we're trying to teach these kids, you're special. There's something different about you. What? Oh, see, now this is the kind of preaching that they didn't like at that other church that I was in, the guest speaker of. But this is true. And this is, my brothers and sisters, why we're powerless. This is why we're still, listen, begging God on our faces for our kids to get saved or for our kids to stay out of trouble. In the church! In the church. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell. Let me get, let me get a little more dignified here. Do I have your attention now? And I don't mean to be irreverent. I really don't. But my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you with everything that is in me, I, I don't want, I'm not mad at anyone. I'm mad at the devil. And I'm mad at what's going on in, in this current climate where kids are being pulled away in so many different directions. And here we sit in churches every Sunday as adults and leaders, you know, trying to come up with this program, trying to come up with that program and seeing how we can bring them in. And, we, and then when we bring them in, what are we showing them? Come on. Oh, we can preach the Word. And we could teach out of the Bible, but again, if we're not teaching the whole counsel of God, what good is it actually doing? And if we teach and preach the whole counsel of God, but then we go out there and we look like everybody else, they don't care what we say, they see what we do. And then we become hypocrites just like everybody else. My brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to force any kind of conviction or certainly no condemnation on anybody, but I'm just trying to rally the troops here and say, look, my grandkids, my kids, your kids, all of our kids, man, I have a heart and such a burden, it's, it's, it's crushing me on the inside. I've seen kids go through this. I've seen some of your kids and some of your grandkids go through this ministry, and they're not living for God right now. If the Lord split the sky right now, they'd be left behind. Oh, Tony, you're judging. I'm judging in the Spirit. In the Spirit. I'm telling you right now, there's people in this room that won't make it, but that's not me judging. That's just the Bible judging. That's what the Word of God says. My brothers and sisters, there's a reason why that the path that leads to, to, to hell, which God never intended for any person to go to, He never intended, He didn't create hell for people. 
But it had to be widened and broadened for all of the numbers that are going there. Why? Because they're not choosing. They're choosing darkness rather than light. When God is calling, they're not answering. God is calling, but they're not the chosen anymore because they're not answering. Hallelujah. God is calling. God is calling you and me to live what His Word is telling us so that we can affect other people. Hallelujah. Let me keep going. In Titus 2.11, here's what it says. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and gracious, I'm sorry, and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Well, see, Pastor, I do a lot of good works. No, listen, it can't be the good works that you've decided you wanted to do. It's got to be the good works that he's led you to do. And it can't be what's convenient. I'm going to tell you nine times out of ten, if it's a good work that he's called you to do, it's not going to be convenient. Nine times out of ten, if if it's a good work that he's called you to do, it's going to cost you something. Anybody could do the easy thing. God needs some people who are willing to follow Him and do the right thing. Why? Because those are special people. Those are the special ones. Anybody could do the easy thing. There's many, many people in this world doing a lot of easy things. Some good, some not so good. But there are few that do the special thing. Few that do the hard things which makes them special. That's what makes you special. It's when you do something... Listen... Can you just leave that other scripture up there, the, the foundational? No, foundational. Second, the second chapter. There you go. Praise the Lord. Thank you. All right, Nyla, can you come up here? And parents, if you'd like, can you? Can I? Can I get the young people up here for just for a minute? I, I'm just, just, just humor me. All the young people, if you, if you would. You lie, you fry. Okay, I, listen, just, just, p- p- listen, 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 I, I, I'm not trying to be disorderly. I really want you to hear my heart. You young people want you to hear my this is, this is, this is from my heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody, anybody can do those things that your friends and your peers are doing. Anybody can do it. Anybody can say bad things. Anybody can dress scantily. Anybody can uh, go ahead and do whatever the crowd is doing. Anybody can do it. Anybody can use bad language. Anybody can, you know, just go on and be bullies. Anybody can go on and just smoke or drink or do whatever it is that the most popular thing is just to fit in. Anybody can, can, can get on all of this social media stuff and do all of this stuff. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do it. Even old Even an old guy like me can do that. What's special about it? Tell me. What's special about it? What's special? If you go, if you if you get online and you're going to say that thing, that's going to get all the attention. It's going to get all of the likes. I'm going to say that thing and it's going to get all of the likes. There's going to be somebody that'll say something else that'll get more. So what does that mean? You got to get on there and say something else, something more outlandish. Do you have to do something more freaky? Do you have to do something that's more (gasps) get your attention? That doesn't make you special. That doesn't make you special. Here's what makes you special. Trusting Him. When He says you're special, you're special. And you're special. And you know what I know about you? Listen, I know about you. 
Higher intellect than I have. There's no question in my mind. Probably most of you here have a higher degree of intellect than I do. I'm not trying to be funny. You probably have a higher degree of intellect than I have. Probably have higher IQs than I have. Probably. Right? You have gifts and talents that I don't have. But I'm going to tell you two things that I have that you don't have that you need to be working toward. One, this is going to happen automatically if the Lord don't come back. Age and experience. (laughs) You don't have to work hard at that, children, young people. You don't have to work hard at that. I didn't have to work at getting old or having experience. It happened. But that works in my favor to a degree. Some of the things that you haven't seen, us old folks have already seen. And so when we say something to you, it's not because we think we're smarter than you or we're better than you. It's just that we've been through the hard knocks and bumps. I'm not smarter than any of you. I don't think. Well, maybe not. No, I'm kidding. Think about that. Here's the second thing. I have more experience walking with the Lord. So I have a little bit more spiritual experience. Just a little. But God doesn't favor me over you. He doesn't favor me over you. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to be real in your heart and in your lives. He wants to deposit everything that He has for you in you without hesitation, without delay. Hallelujah. He's called you to a purpose and a plan. Seek that. Seek that. That's what will make you special. Amen? Let me ask you something. I won't put you on the spot. You don't have to say it loud. Your parents don't even believe you. Do you believe that? Do any of you believe that? Do you believe what I just said? It's the truth. It's the Word of God. Amen? I love you. Each of you. Let's pray. Hold hands. This one. Hold hands. It's not going to bite you. Father, I love these children, but I don't love them as much as you do. Father, I didn't die for them, but you did. Let them leave here differently than when they came in, Father. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, would you please wreck them right now get inside of them Lord God Holy Spirit work a work in each and every one convict their hearts flood them bless them Father let them know beyond any shadow any doubt that you love them that they're accepted by you They don't have to worry about being accepted by anybody else because the Master and the Creator of all things has accepted them fully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, kids. You can go back to your seats. Hallelujah. We're His special people. We're his special people. But you see what it says back in that verse. It says, if we're still, yeah, thank you. We're still there. He says, we're his special people. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were not a people, but now we're his people. But look what it says. As soldiers abstain from all fleshly lusts which war against the soul. 
We abstain from that when we're called out. And then, I, I, I want to go back. Let's see, there was another one. Oh yeah, look, if you, if you go there, we're His own special people that we mo- may proclaim the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. We're His special people and what we are supposed to be doing is proclaiming the praises of Him. We're supposed to be walking through this light, uh, in this life rather, because we've been translated from darkness into light. We have a testimony. We have a testimony. There's, God has done something for you. It, and you can praise Him for that. Some of you have a mighty testimony. I know that there's some in here who, and, and some of you may have heard some of the testimonies where God has really changed their lives, has really changed them miraculously and blessed them. There have been mighty chains broken, addictions and, and, and hurts and, and things that have just been, that God has broken in their lives and has, cha- has translated them from one place to another miraculously. There are many testimonies, even in this room, but, but in, in places all over. There are people who have testimonies and, and so we have something to praise Him for. I know what I was before Jesus came into me. I know what I was before I knew what His Word was. I know what I was. And I'm not saying that... I, and I'm certainly not saying that I'm something special now, but I do know that I'm special to Him. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that I've gotten all the way there yet. I'm still on that road. I'm still traveling the road. I'm not all the way there yet. But I'm telling you something. I'm telling you something that He's carried me a long way from where I used to be. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. If it wasn't for Him, I'd probably be dead by now. That's, that's the truth. And, and, and you know what? And I would have died in an unpure state. I would have died without Him and I'd have been burning in hell. And I'm telling you something. I'm, the, I'm telling you, hell is real. Amen. But I ain't afraid of it. Because it can't get near me. It can't get near me. I ain't afraid of no devil. He can't touch me. Jesus already whooped him for me. All I got to do is be in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. That's not just words. That's true. I'm His special person. I don't have, I've got a testimony. You have a testimony. We can praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, is everything all sunshine and lollipops for y'all right now? No. Man, I'm the weeping pastor here for the last week or so. <laughs> but, but my brothers and sisters, listen, even I've got some, but he, oh my. Noah's great. When I'm weeping, he's catching my tears. I'm weeping, he's catching my tears. He's not letting a drop hit the ground. He hears every cry of my heart. I'm a royal priest. I'm making my confessions before the, the Lord of all the universe and I'm crying out for my kids, my grandkids, your kids. Hallelujah. And He's hearing every prayer and He's catching every tear. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philippians 2.14 and 15. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights. By whom you, see, now look, you know what this was about? This was about being so different that, that it is shining like a light in a dark room. Yeah, it was a material thing. It's an object lesson. My brothers and sisters, listen, when I did that in here to get your attention to, and, to, to get the, and to explain to you the vivid dream that I had where I'm a fool for God standing in front of crowds of people who are worshiping a pastor and, and worshiping this big church and whatever else and I'm standing there in my underwears and my mutande. 
I'm standing there try, trying to be taken seriously? Yeah, we should be that different. Let's continue before I stay there too long. Royal priesthood. Now we're going to go back to the royal priesthood. Just listen as I read. Take notes. If you want to, please go back to these later. They're not going to be on the board. We're just going to leave that up there. Nyla, if you would, for me, please. Just leave that up there. Exodus 19, verses 3 through 6. Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountaintop, saying, Thus you should say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for, then the, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be, be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Right? Read that earlier. Further down in Exodus 28. God speaking to Moses. Now take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him, from among the children of Israel, that he may minister to me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and uh, Ithamar. And and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans, who I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister to me as a priest. And these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a skillfully woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. So they shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons that he may minister to me as a priest. That he may serve me. Minister, that word means serve. That, that priestly line, that group, I want you to get the best artisans, all of these people who, are, who I've given the spirit of wisdom to are gifted in these areas. And I want you to, and then he goes, as, as you know, as he gives specifics for every piece of garment, for everything that they are to wear. He gives specifics. Now, my brothers and sisters, he's giving this to a specific people, right? Now, when these people are walking among the other people, they stand out. Come on now, don't get quiet on me. Do you understand that? Is that tracking with you? These are my priests. These are the ones who will serve me. These are the ones who will be before me. They're going to look different. They're going to look different. They're going to stand out among the crowd. They're not going to look like everybody else. Come on now. Now, my brothers and sisters... If you think that I'm talking about... Yeah, I'm gonna, it's a little bit warm here. Forgive me. If you think that I'm talking about just how we dress and what we wear, no, I'm not talking about that. And you know that. But here's what I am talking about. If we celebrate, continue to celebrate culturally everything in here that they do out there, then I'm afraid that we're losing it in here and I'm pointing to my chest for those who are listening online, for those, I'm afraid we're loosening in our heart too. When we loosen everything up, all about, and we're all about the culture, and we're all about contemporary American culture instead of contemporary Christian culture, I think we may be slipping a little bit. 
See, when God has called you and I to be a royal priesthood, that still means something to preachers like me. That still means what it says and says what it means. We're called to serve God. Not how we choose or not what looks good or what is comfortable to us. We're called to serve God according to how He's called us. To what He's called us to. Period. Be holy for I'm holy. Purify yourself for I am pure. Come out from among them. Don't take the unclean thing. That sounds like all Old Testament to me. That's right. And Jesus said, I didn't come to nullify it all. I came to fulfill it. So now in Him, it's fulfilled. How? So, so watch. So that means when I'm in Him, the Old Testament is fulfilled. When I'm in Him, I look like Him. When I'm in Him, I don't look like everybody else. Why? Because I'm in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, now this isn't for the young people. This is for all people, all Christians. I don't want to be there. I don't want to go there. Listen, in Hebrews 10, 19 through 22, here's what it says. Just mark it down, read it later. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new covenant and a living way, which he consecrated, he, Jesus, for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest, Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We, in Christ, we're purified, but here's what it says. We can go into the holies now. We are like those high priests. Remember, the priest was the only one certain times of the year that could go in there. Remember, he had to, he, there had to be, he had to be washed, he had to be made holy, he had to go clean, and he went in there and he made the sacrifices for the whole nation, right? And remember, he had the bells. Bells, if the bells stopped ringing, they had to pull him out because he was dead. Because he could not go before the Lord in an unholy, unclean, he could not bring unclean before the Lord, he would drop dead. Here's what it's saying, to you and I, we're this royal priesthood now. In Christ Jesus, we're clean. But now because of Christ, in Christ, we can go before God. I don't have to have little bells on my feet. I don't have to... I, Jesus already paid the price. I'm clean. I'm clean. He's made me clean. In Him, I'm clean. Again, if I'm in Him, then that means I don't look like everybody else. Why? I'm a royal priest. The royal priest looks different than every other swinging monkey in the jungle. Pardon my vernacular. I just said what I said. I, I look different than any uh, anybody else. I look different than any other 50-something-year-old in this world. Come on now. You should be... Di- young people, you should be distinctly different. And I want to tell you all young people something. There are other brothers and sisters that you have on those campuses. They're like you. They're probably kind of looking and, and a little bit shy. You all need to find each other. And you need to join up, join forces, pray for each other. Carry your Bible to school. Let that person know that you're a born-again Christian. Carry your Bible to school. Let them know it. You may be encouraging another young person who thinks who they feel alone. I'm the only one. I, I go to church. There's nobody from my church that goes to the school that I know. Or you know, Come on now. And they'd love to know that you're there and you support each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're a a royal priesthood. We get to go in before God. We can go boldly before His throne of grace. 
Jesus paid the price and paved the way so in him we go boldly. We don't have any worries. I love this in Revelation 1, 5-8. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be all the glory and dominion forever and ever. He's made us, listen, he's made us kings and priests. We're, we're not just his priests. See that? We're not just this royal, the, the, the reason why we're a royal priesthood is not because we serve the king, it's because we're the king's kids. Did, did you hear that? We're the king's kids. We're, we're not just you know, these, these servants that, that just serve the king. Although I would rather be a servant, I'd rather wash the toilets in the house of God. Come on now. But my brothers and sisters, that's not the position that he died for you and for me for. He's occupied, he's made it so that we can occupy this, listen, this royal priesthood. We are his kids. We're not just his servants. We're his kids, this royal priesthood. And we, are, we should be out there blasting it. How are we going to blast it, Tony? Get a megaphone. And, no, get on the corner and start jumping up and down, hold up signs. Well, if that's what God's called you to do, do it. But in the meantime, just love. Just be nice. Just don't do the same things that everybody else is doing. Young people, don't do it because it's the popular thing. Don't do it because you want to be noticed. Don't do it because you're not getting enough attention in the house. Don't do it. Old people, same thing. I can't believe some of the stuff that Michelle tells me that's on Facebook. People telling everything about every part of their life. Why? Why? I mean, are, are we that? Are we? This has got to be the me. The, the, this is the generation, if I can use. This is the generation of the selfie. This is the most self-centered generation. My brothers and sisters, listen to me. Why, why do I want to know what you're eating? Just eat it. What? What do I care? I mean, I love you, but if you start sending me pictures of what you're eating, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna answer you. Come on now. Now, Michelle tried to temper me down a little bit. She said, you know, Tom, you know, sometimes people just do this because they want to stay connected with family that you know, lives far away and stuff like that. And, well, I can understand that. But I don't need, yeah, I don't need to know everything that you're saying and doing every waking moment. Because to me, that sounds more like you're trying to be a, a celebrity. To me, that sounds more like you're just craving for some attention. Listen, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be hypercritical of any person or persons. What I'm trying to say here is though, what is it? We should be pursuing God. We should look different than everybody else. And I know that there are some good things that are being put out there by good people, good Christian people. I, I understand that. And so I'm not just told but my brothers and sisters, if you give if you give me the opportunity, if you if you said, Tony, right now, um, we could uh, totally eliminate uh, what's happening on social media, if we just eliminate it all, but that means that even the good stuff has to go, I'd say, get rid of it. Why? Why would I do that? Because I'm old-fashioned? No, because I see our young people being led down a path. I see some old people that are totally preoccupied and being led down a path, spending more time on that stuff than they are reading the Word of God. Well, I sound old-fashioned, don't I? I, I sound old-fashioned. 
But my brothers and sisters, see, that's it. You can't, we can't say that our hearts are burning for our children, or that my heart is just totally, that I feel this burden for the children and not think that this stuff is real and we need to do something about it. We can't just, you know, throw our hands in the air and say, well, that's just the way it is. No, I'm telling you, it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. How in the world can we expect the kids not to be so inundated with all of that stuff when adults are doing it? How, how can we do how That's not even right. So, this, in the same, so how in the world can I ask my young people or people who have studied under this ministry to walk as Christ if I'm not trying myself? How can I ask them to be nice when I'm not nice? How can I ask them to walk in love when I don't love? How can I, ask them, how can I tell them it's not good to, to, be, to blow up with wrath and then I'm blowing up with wrath? How can I say it's not good to use bad language, but then I'm using bad language? How can I say to them, you know what, you shouldn't drink, but then every once in a while they see me, you know, how can I do that? How can I do that? How, I can't do that. Come on now, I'm not trying to get into your, listen, I'm not trying to read your mail, I'm not trying to counsel your marriage, I'm not trying to do anything, I'm just telling you what's real. And what's real, my brothers and sisters, is we got a lot of lost young people and my heart is crying for them. And I think that we need to take some responsibility. Hallelujah. Stop, listen, let's stop wallowing in our own little pity parties. Let's stop being so self-centered ourselves and worry about what's going on in my life. And let's start being concerned with what's going on in somebody else's life. Hallelujah. And if you can't do anything else, you're a royal priest. Know what the royal priest can do? The royal priest has a direct line to God. You go in there and you tell God, God, I need your help. God, my kids need your help. God, my neighbor needs your help. God, go in there and talk to God. You're a royal priest. Hallelujah. Be different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying here tomorrow night. I know there will be somebody to show up. If you want to pray... And pray with us, please come here. We'll be here at 645. I'll be here 645-ish and we'll pray till the Lord releases. Hallelujah. Great. Praise the Lord. There are no kids' classes, so if you bring a kid, they're on their own. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, listen, I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to be ugly. Listen, I'm telling you something. It's time that the people of God act like the royal priesthood that we're supposed to be. I think I've got some royal priests in this congregation. I re- I'm not just saying that. I really do believe that I have a handful of royal priests in this congregation, at least that. I know I have at least one. My brothers and sisters, we could, we, God has given us so much. He's given us so much. And he, he paid the price for us to have it. And so now we can go before him. And we, and we don't have to crawl in and, and hope maybe... No, we can go in there because of Jesus Christ. And, and we can go in there humbly, but at the same time confidently that He's going to hear us. He's going to receive us. And we can... Eff- listen, and because of Holy Spirit, there can be effectual change that takes place. Amen? Man, I want the praise team to come up. See, it's not just about the kids. I want to tell you, there's some, there's some people in here, you, you gave your heart to God a while ago, but you, it's not the same. Listen, don't... And I, if, you're on this, if you're on this platform and whatever I say applies to you, it, it just does. Amen? Amen. Amen.